on today's Daily Charge Supercharged Edition. Is the Razer a smart step forward in the marriage between smartphones and tablets? Is it overpriced nostalgia in a can? Does it have a place for a lanyard? Let's find out. There are so many good questions coming through today. Uh, let's start with Michael Brown. He says, I have so many questions and thoughts about the Razer and foldables in general. I think it's the future of the marriage between smartphones and tablets. However, Darth Raider 10 says belongs in the trash. So we've got a full wide spectrum of interest levels here in the uh, the uh, uh, Moto Razer. Uh, I mean, she, well, go ahead, Alfred. To be fair, like sometimes the future also belongs in the trash. They're not <laughs> exclusive of each other. <laughs> I feel like future trash is a category we could all get behind. I like it. Yeah, it sounds like a really bad like college radio uh, music genre. Uh, I want the t-shirt. Yes. Future trash. Yeah, and we're going to wear it at CES. <laughs> I think that's going to become this show's new slogan. We'll make that like the subtitle and the logo and like it'll get people to proudly wear that around. All right. Kashif says, uh, I think they did a really great job with the design. It's just that price. I would love to have this as a sensory work phone, but I'm not paying $1,500. Do you think there's going to be any other fallout from this? And do you think they're going to respond with maybe a price drop in the relative near future? So when you look at the prices, I mean, $1,500 is actually on the cheaper end of the scale. Um You've got the, you know, the Galaxy Fold, which is essentially 2000 and you have the Huawei Mate X, which works out to be 2600 because it's not selling in the U.S., so you have to do some price math there. So this is cheaper, but when you compare it to a premium phone, like, you know, yeah, how much any $1,000 device, you're actually getting a lot yeah. less for it. And, and that's to be expected. This what is new technology. They've got R&D money behind it. They're creating fewer phones. So each unit itself is going to be more expensive. It, it's it's like any like newfangled kind of yeah, feature. But aren't, aren't most like pro phones like around the same price around $1,500? Like how much is a Galaxy I mean, a thou- S? Like, you, you'd expect like $1,000. But yeah. when you go really up yeah. into uh, different capacities. But this doesn't have that same yeah. storage capacity. But the, the iPhone 11 Pro is like $1,200, isn't it? It's like something around that ballpark. Sure, but the, but that's, I mean, most people aren't going to get that and they're not going to get it at the fullest capacity and there are far cheaper alternate alternatives that's really meant for mass market. So this, I, I mean, foldable phones aren't meant to be mainstream mass market devices at this stage. Um, and I think that we all just have to know that. Like, who's going to actually buy it right now? Um, I think people who really want to be on the cutting edge, um, obviously people who have a little bit of fun money to play around with, Um I, I don't know how many people are going to make this their full-time device. I think that would definitely be riskier. But I definitely know a lot of people who love technology and that's their hobby. And, you know, they want to have that kind of library and they want to use it and they want to have the statement device. And it's a lot cheaper than buying a fun new car. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, if you don't want to pay for it um, and you want to use it as a work phone, just get your company to buy it. You know, speaking of which, CNET, um, I do need a new company phone soon. So if you can please get me that uh, around January or so, I'd very much appreciate it. Thanks so much. Or uh, if your company <laughs> won't pay for it, you can also steal it. Uh, uh <laughs> Like, commit crimes. <laughs> Always great advice here on the show. Please don't report us to YouTube. Uh, Gabriel Miller says, I'd rather just get an original razor. Uh, and Timothy asks, does it have a place for a lanyard? Wow. 
That's new. That's that's a that's it, that's it doesn't even, even have a, a place for a SIM card. Actually, <laughs> has eSIM. Was that a thing? Did people put the old phone lanyards on a lanyard? Yeah, because yeah. you no could put way. little charms on it and stuff. It was huge in like Japan. Like it was a really trendy mm-hmm. thing. I remember lanyards being like a cool high school thing during my generation. I remember everyone like for whatever reason that was a thing to collect. But wrist I don't strap. Remember yeah. putting phones on it? Yeah, it yeah. The there time. is a big. You can definitely do that. That, that was, like a, that was po- a thing in I'd, a lot of phones. I had like a ton of Pokemon in my charms on like uh, on my razor. Not ra- wait. I don't think the original razor had a, had a spot for lanyards, did it? I don't know, like an Ericsson or something. I've got two razors in my drawer. And now I'm like trying to make a mental map of it because mm-hmm. that was never something I really noticed when I was reviewing those phones. Mm-hmm. And I and I have I've been reviewing phones for quite some time. But I remember at the very beginning, I didn't even know what it was for. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, what's this loop for? And then you see it and you're like, oh. You tie it around your wrist so you can swing it at people. I know, at people when they're trying to steal your device. I don't know you. Get off my (laughs) purse. That's my purse. I don't know you. (laughs) Uh, Okay, how about that folding mechanism? Hadi's asking if how the actual fold feel itself is going to stack up against the Galaxy Fold, not to be confused with everything else. Yeah, Uh, that's a great question because Samsung, when it redesigned the Galaxy Fold after the initial screen problems that some of the reviewers had, the the hinge mechanism feels different. I would say it feels pretty good on both of them, um, but it does feel different because you've got one that's more of a book and then you have one that's got a narrower hinge. Um, the hinge on the Motorola Razor is actually really cool. It's pretty innovative uh, because the sides lie flat. Um, there's not much of an air gap um, at all. And that's because they, they basically found a way to have a pocket inside the phone so that the screen, um, the part of the screen that loops, because plastic, when you bend it, doesn't lay flat. Mm-hmm. Um, there would be an even worse crease if that were to happen. Um, that loop lays inside the phone so that you can't actually see it. And there are gears on the inside of the device and on the outside of the device that you can see kind of like, I don't know, like gearing together. They like zip together. And that's really cool because I love seeing mechanical stuff like this. I do wonder if something's going to get stuck in there, like food crumbs or a thread from my shirt or, you know, like just anything exposed runs the risk of stuff getting in there. Um, But from... You know, the time that I spent with it, you could feel the tension of it. Um, you can't actually, unfortunately, slam it together hard that easily. It kind of has more of like a soft closure yeah. and then um, some magnets that snap together. Mm-hmm. So it does feel really good. The problem with something that is, I think, too freewheeling and too loud is that you feel like it's a toy or that it's going to break or that it's out of control. So you kind of want to have like a bit of that grip, almost like... I'm probably dating myself here, but if you've ever driven a stick shift and you feel the car kind of like claw mm-hmm. around corners, then it gives you this feeling of like power and control in this cool way. And I think that that tactile element is really important for foldable phones because it's something physical that's different. People expect a physical reaction from it. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, Kashif was asking, does it slap? Does it audibly, audibly slap? When you, you close it up. You can hear the magnets closing. Um, in my video, I actually tried to slap it together. Mm-hmm. I had to like keep trying a couple times to see what the loudest sound was that I could get. Um, it's satisfying. Um, is the chin annoying at all? Because it looked kind of gross to me when I was looking at photos. Yeah, of awesome question. Um, let's talk about the chin. So the chin does echo the original Motorola Razor design. And I, too, was worried that it would be in the way. The reason that it's there, this is the the kind of like bigger area that sticks out at the bottom of the phone. 
they need a place because the phone is so thin, razor thin. They've got to have a place to put all of the components that take up space. So like, you know, your your Wi-Fi modules, um, your vibration motor for haptic feedback, your GPS, et cetera, et cetera. A bunch of stuff lives in that area. And I thought it was going to be a problem for typing. Um, I think for more people, actually, like the size of the keyboard might be an issue for typing. I've got smaller hands and I think that um, the Google keyboard is very accurate. So I really didn't have as many problems in my time with the phone as I expected. And I really thought that chin was going to get in the way of typing and it didn't. In fact, it gave me something to hold on to. And I, I found that I really liked that while watching videos because I could just kind of hold on to it with uh, one yeah, hand. Yeah. I'm right handed. Well, you can hold on to it with the yeah. left hand, too. Whereas with the Galaxy Fold, you know, um, there is a bezel, but you don't have that grip. So you're just kind of like balancing it like you do with other phones. And I definitely had more interactions with my palm that would kind of like, you know, pause the video or or just mess with it in some sort of way. That's really easy to ignore, but you're still kind of like, ugh, again. Right. So um, so I'm willing to give that chin some leeway. Does Motorola have any plans? to relaunch the Razer V3 as a basic secondary phone. I think this is the Razer that they are very proudly getting behind. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think if they had those plans, they probably would have done it a long time ago. But, you know, nostalgia is a big thing. They Didn't they do, like, recent commercials? Like, not this is not, like, right now, but, like, they, they did it, like, a few months ago about, like, the Razer, didn't they? I missed that commercial. Uh, I don't know. I don't watch don't... real TV anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I only watch Netflix. <laughs> Yan is asking a little bit more about the camera. Uh, Do you need to unfold it all the way to take a picture? And uh, where exactly is the lens located? Um, He says, I think for a flip phone, the location of the lens is actually very, very important. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. That's why Samsung put six camera sensors on on its phone. There are two on the inside, three on the back, and one on the front. So no matter how you're holding it, you can take a picture of something. Um... For this one, you can actually use the camera when the phone is closed, but remember that your viewfinder is going to be a 2.7 inch screen, so you're not going to get quite the detail. Um, you can also use it when the phone is open. Um, I I did take pictures with it. I didn't spend like a lot of time taking pictures. You know, I took maybe a dozen, but not like as many as we would take for a, an actual camera test. Um, the main 16 megapixel sensor is on the outside of the phone when the phone is closed. So you you can use it when the phone is open. You can use it when the phone is closed. Um, so I think that's a pretty good placement that makes sense. And that's actually one of the things that I and actually a lot of other reviewers like about what we've seen so far with the Razer is that all of the components that make it a phone seem to be in all the places that make sense for it, for it to be on a device. You don't feel like they're recreating the wheel. You feel like this is a phone that I recognize and it makes sense. So does app activity continue once you close it or does it all end? Like if I'm watching like a YouTube show, like let's say I'm watching like the 359 or something like that on YouTube. Oh, your favorite podcast? Yeah, and I fold it and like would it continue playing on the front or like it doesn't do that? Yeah, it works for some apps, um, mostly audio Mm -hmm. and phone calls. Um, 
pretty much anything that already ran in the background on other standard smartphone stuff, right? So, so like a music player, yeah. like Spotify, for example, if you started a video call or if you started an audio call, but only on speakerphone or Bluetooth. So there are a lot of limitations at this point, um, but this is something that Motorola is going to be working on. Um, there are also more limitations, as I said earlier, with the app activity. Google has this thing that they're calling continuity. They've worked with all of the phone makers. But the idea is that if you start something when it's closed, um, or on whatever the smaller screen is, uh, that when you open the phone and start engaging with the larger screen, that that app will automatically pick up where you left off. And that's much more limited on the Razer, in part because the screen size is so limited. You just can't offer a good experience. Motorola says that it's interested in introducing more shortcuts, um, but they want to make sure that it makes sense, right? That it's not providing you a terrible experience, that makes it so unusable, and then why would they have it there to begin with? Yeah, um, I feel like I can ask you questions all day because we work here together, but uh, do we have any more questions from the audience? Oh, tons, tons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back in the early aughts when uh, the Razer originally came out, everything had custom skins, right? You got a ton of different... Uh, let's, let's, the the Apple clam or candy candy shell computers, and then the Razers, of course, had different colors. So are we going to see any different colors in the new model? Yeah, I hope so. Right now, just black has been announced. Um, <clears throat> there is a, a skin. You mean skins on the outside, but there is a skin on the inside that we saw, which was cool. It was like this retro dialer. Um, you know, Motorola might be waiting to see how demand is before coming up with different cases um, for the device and and different colors. Um I know with the first razor, there were a lot of colors, but there were also more that were introduced after the demand skyrocketed. So you have to remember that they're not planning on selling large margins of this device. So it would cost a lot of money for them to create an entire rainbow of razors. It, it just wouldn't be worthwhile. But we do know that these phone companies are looking at future devices, too. Oh, speaking of colors, we saw this with the Samsung Galaxy Fold. It was introduced initially in four different colors, including Martian Green and this blue color. And those were the best. And then when the phone went on sale after all of the problems, it was pulled back to two colors, silver and black. So The problem with the phone was the colors, obviously. Yes, that's, it was why. That, that's why the screen had yeah. so many difficulties. Um, so... There, there is kind of that color story and that precedent, but I, I think that if you've got sort of a one-off device, you know, we know that Samsung teased a phone that has the same closing mechanism vertically, um, top to bottom, as the Razer, and so I think as interest in this picks up, that's when we'll start seeing potentially more of those colors and, and a little bit more customization and pizzazz. And uh, exactly what material is the Moto Razer made out of? It almost looks like uh, like uh, fiber or something when you look at the, the, the yeah. sheen and the texture on the outside. So the screen is a plastic OLED, P OLED. Um, the frame is stainless steel and there are stainless steel plates underneath to help support that plastic display and give it some structure and to reduce the crease. And then uh, the back is plastic. So it's made out of, you know, it's got like a, a, a chemically scientific name for it, but essentially it's plastic. And even though that doesn't look as fancy as the Galaxy Fold, which is covered in all sorts of glass, it's definitely more durable if you drop it. Um, so you've got that trade off there. Like Ironic. I'm paying $1,500 for a plastic phone, right? I, I remember when I was a kid, we would have razor phones and pretend to like sword fight with them. How durable is this foldable for doing something like that? For sword fighting? Yes. Um, I think that's definitely one full day of our testing. Okay. It's going to be, I come back here 
and we're just gonna yeah. i think it's important to know it is it is absolutely fifteen hundred dollars for it if you can't sword yeah. fight with it what's it even yeah. good for yeah the durability question is is enormous it's the amount of times that the screen will bend um before it breaks um it's going to be like crush pressure right so um i mean you don't want to go out of your way to try to destroy it but if you're tapping on the screen and you just you don't know your own strength is that going to be a problem scratches um water dust food crumbs there's this channel that i wrote about that sort of runs it's about the width of my fingernail and that runs around the edges of the screen so it's one of those things where it's like is dust going to get in here if i put my nail in and i leverage it the wrong way could i peel back this plastic oled which was an issue that the galaxy fold faced oh this has a initially. similar one where it's like do you it's, think people it's would have different no it, it doesn't like, look like something that you should peel off it doesn't look like a screen protector that is essentially like part of the display and will damage it um but Knowing that that was a problem, I do have to wonder, could this peel off? Something could happen. Something could work its way underneath the display. So that's something that we're going to have to keep um, a, you know, a very close eye on. Are we going to do another bend test like we did with the Galaxy Fold? I really can't say anything, but um, I think that would be a really fantastic idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a couple minutes left, so let's talk gaming. Uh, we got a couple of gamers in the audience asking about mobile gaming on the uh, Moto Razor, is it difficult to get used to that landscape mode? Is it too small of a screen to really function, even for casual games like Mario Kart or Pokemon Go? So I have to admit that I did not play any games on this. That was not um, my top priority in the time that I had with the device. Um, and I think those are good questions that people will want to answer. This is not a gaming phone, right? This doesn't have screen refresh rate that's particularly high. And it's using a Qualcomm Snapdragon 710 processor, um, which is not going to be as fast. Um, so you're not going to have that same graphic support. I think casual gaming is right on the money. That's what you would do with this device. Um, and the, the dimensions are kind of tall and narrow, or when you stick it on its side, it would be wide and short. Um, I did watch some video on it, and I think it maybe depends on the formatting of the video and the formatting of, of the game um, to see what would be cut off and what would fit, or if you have black bars on the side because it's not perfect. Um, so, so that's something that I think really remains to be seen as well. But I, I wouldn't expect to, to play a lot of like extremely intense games on this the way that you would on a different phone called Razer, <laughs> which is a gaming phone. Yeah, so right? uh, I guess bad news or for on Stadia. This use, like, on this, yeah. yeah. Um, when it has like a retro mode, right, where it looks like the layout of like the old like Razer phone. Yeah, that's just a skin for the dialer. Oh, it's so not no. all the way across the board, but it could be one of those things where if there was a lot of popularity, then maybe in like the next, you know, in future yeah. iterations, there are more. That's supposed to be kind of an Easter egg. Um so you basically dial on it on the bottom part of the phone, even though it's totally touch screen. Uh, Motorola actually made the top part of the screen dead as it would have been on, um, you know, the original yeah. Razer. So you have to use soft keys to navigate around, mm -hmm. um, which is fun because it's frustrating because it just goes to show how far we've come. But you can't press a button that sings that, you know, the Hello Moto song to you, nice. which is pretty exciting. It's funny you bring that up because a lot of people are asking about the uh, the Hello Moto marketing, if that's still part of it, if it still yells that at you when you open it up, if they're going to use that in the marketing for the device. Uh, time will I tell, hope right? So. Yeah. I hope they do. The box is really cool. They've tried to do more with the box. Is it also foldable? <laughs> Actually, it's rigid. So the box is supposed to act as a stand and it's got speakers in the bottom huh. of this box. 
and it comes with some accessories, like an accessory case, but it, it's not for your phone. It's, mm-hmm. It is big enough to put your sunglasses in and you can also put in like the, the cleaning wipe cloth thing or, you know, um, it comes with earbuds too. So you can put those in your charger, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think it's kind of cool that they wanted to make it look cool. And it does. It's got this kind of like tinted glass looking. It's not, it's plastic, but it looks like tinted glass on the top. And it's, it's at all of these angles and you lift it up and there's your phone standing up already unfolded for you. And if you put it in there, you can play music out through the speakers. Um, but there's no charger that's actually embedded into it. So it's, it's slightly less useful than they thought, but I like that they're trying to use the box as part of the device experience, not just a thing you unbox it, woohoo, and then you kind of like either throw it away or put it on a shelf to look at. I'm going to be a buzzkill for a second here, but do you think that they- For a second? Yeah. Do you think that Motorola only gave such limited time with reporters on the device because they wanted to avoid what happened with like Samsung and the Galaxy Fold where they had so much time with it and they found all these like issues with it, where it's like, oh, here's like a few hours with it. All right, right, we're, we're gone until January. Yeah, what happened with Samsung was different. Actually, Motorola gave us a lot more early access Mm -hmm. than Samsung did. Uh, We know that Motorola also had a delay, so they were planning to introduce it earlier in this year and are just squeaking it out before the end of the year. Um, And that was, I think, to to take a look at Samsung and to make sure that they weren't going to repeat that. With Samsung, it was a lot of teases um, and a lot of announcements and some videos about what it did, but... Reviewers never really got our hands on it until the review unit began, which is very unusual. So, you know, by the time that I got the phone, like the first time that I picked it up was basically part of the review period. Um, And that doesn't happen a lot. When we went to MWC after this phone was announced, it was behind glass and nobody could pick it up or look at it. We could barely even see it behind the glass. Uh, so I think that Motorola has done a better job. Um, what what happened was uh, the reviewers got briefed on the Razor, and then at some point, we'll all get our review units, um, probably pretty close to, you know, I would imagine, to the January 9th sale date. Um, but at some point, we'll get them, and that's when we'll be able to do the reviews. So I thought Motorola was actually pretty generous with the time that we got with it, um, especially for our team, because we had this wonderful opportunity to go to Chicago and to go look at some of their behind-the-scenes components and get to talk with the people who made the device and find out you know, what drove them to do it. Did you get Billy Goats when you are in Chicago? Did I get Billy Goats? Yeah. Pizza? No, the famous burger joint. The famous burger joint. So famous, I ashamedly i don't know about it um look it up on saturday night live you won't regret it I got, I got some pretty good pizza though yeah of course you did uh we're almost out of time hold on uh one last question before we get closing thoughts uh what is the default messaging app and is it rcs enabled uh great question so motorola and google have a really tight relationship um so it's like all other Motorola phones, the Razors is pretty close to stock Android as you're going to get. There are some extra Motorola actions on top of that um, that I think are actually pretty useful. I like them. Um, so it will be very easy to use the Google Messages app. And then from Google Messages, it will be very easy to turn on chat. So that's just something that's software enabled. Um, I'm not aware of any, you know, a hardware hurdle that would stand in the way of using that. And before we shut it down for the day, the one thing that's a giant deterrent for everybody is clearly that price tag. There's sticker shock all over the place. Storm King has got the uh, greatest question to kind of go out on here. Is a $1,500 price tag worth nostalgia? 
And that is the question that everybody will be answering. Objectivity be damned. Yeah. Again, this isn't a phone, I think, for most people to realistically go out and buy. Um, So I think it's going to be worth it for some people who want to be on that cutting edge and have the status symbol, this really unique device in their pocket to show off. Are phones really a status symbol like that? Yeah. Yeah. I think if somebody showed off a phone like that, I'd just make fun of them the whole time. Like, cool, dude. Like, who cares? But said the guy who had a charm on his phone. Well, yeah, this was like in elementary school. (laughs) You had a phone in elementary school? Yeah. It's pretty advanced. uh, No, I think I'm just young enough that like most kids at that time had like a phone because parents were worried that we were getting kidnapped. And they were cheap enough too. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to be buying your kid like a $1,500 foldable phone. In in fifth grade. Uh, yeah, so so I think, you know, in, in order for foldable phones to really cross over into the mainstream, price has to come down and durability really has to go up. So we're in the very early stages. So I would say for most people, no, it's not worth it. All right. On that note, um, don't forget to subscribe and uh, ring the bell so you can join us here live weekday mornings. If you have the chance, check out the links below to learn more about today's topics and feel free to subscribe to our audio podcast. They are on every platform ever. Uh, For The Daily Charge, I'm Alfred Ng. And I'm Jessica Dalcourt. Thanks for joining us. Bye.